0: Welcome back for another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera, and we have a huge week here in the Piedmont Triad. Joe, East Forsyth at number one Grimsley, undefeated East Forsyth, undefeated Grimsley, I don't think there were many people around the state who were thinking this was going to be a matchup of undefeateds before the first ball kicked off, but boy, do we have a good one.
1: Yeah, this this is, I think, without question, the biggest game at Jamison Stadium in a number of years uh, since Grimsley made a run to the state championship game, uh, and I, I, I guarantee you that there will be more people at this game on Friday night at Jamison than there were at any point during that run because... As excited as folks are at Grimsley, and they were excited back then, East Forsyth, uh, Coach Todd Willard's program is going to bring a lot of people over to Greensboro for this one. Uh, the atmosphere at Jameson should be electric, hopping, live, whatever, whatever term you want to use. This is why we get excited about high school football matchups like this. Uh, two very good football teams, East Forsyth has... Uh, been one of those programs for quite a while now uh state champion last year in uh class four a haven't lost since two thousand and seventeen grimsley this is a huge step up for that program. They have arrived we talked about have they had they arrived early in the season, regardless of the outcome of this game. They have arrived this is what it's taken uh Daryl Brown and his staff and the kids who bought in four years to build they're there. They built it for games like this, and this is something to really look forward to. If you're a fan of high school football and uh, you don't have another commitment Friday night, get out to Jamison Stadium.
0: Uh, it's so big that our boss is sending both of us to the game.
1: Yeah, that that that's, <laughs> that's when you know it's large. And I think the last one of those might have been a Paige Dudley game a few years ago when we were looking at... Uh, Will Jones at Page, Javon Leak at Page, Hendon Hooker at Dudley. It might have even been, might have even been when Connell Young was still at Dudley. Yeah. You know that was the last time we had that magnitude of a game. And there's just a lot to be excited about. What, what do you see in this game?
0: Uh, I see a Grimsley team that is the new kid on the block, and I see an East Forsyth team that hasn't lost a game. Since uh, 2017 is what I see and when you have a team that has been there and done it before They have an obvious advantage Mm -hmm. uh, just in temperament alone. They're not going to let this moment get the better of them because this isn't their biggest moment. They played in a state championship game
1: last year. It wasn't that long ago. Right.
0: And so That is the biggest thing that Grimsley, in my opinion, is going to have to get over is staying within themselves. Um, Daryl Brown can preach it as much as he wants. However, you're dealing with 14 to 18 year olds and it's not as easy as it seems. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is how diverse of a portfolio East Forsyth puts forward um, Especially on the offensive Side of the football they can run They can pass uh-huh. uh, They could look like the Kansas City Chiefs And complete a pass and then lateral it uh, I, I mean they can Do pretty much what They want at least they've shown that to this Point now I think Grimsley is going To be probably the best defense that they've Seen to this point um, And they have not seen a guy like a Travis Shaw before. Right. They have not. Um, And and Travis Shaw now can be a very disruptive individual. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you saw him bump down a little bit on the line and line up over center as a nose tackle for a couple snaps and see if that works. Because that East Forsyth offensive line is big,
1: but Travis Shaw can move. Yeah, on... Last Friday night at Nightdale, early in the game, you talked about that. That was something that Grimsley did a little bit of against Nightdale, a Nightdale team that came in averaging 287 yards on the ground, and there were a number of times in the first half of that game, a half in which uh, Grimsley held Nightdale to four yards on, I believe it was 13 attempts, four total yards rushing. And some of it was outstanding play by the Grimsley linebackers. And the secondary coming up and run supports. And Seer Burnett at linebacker. Quentin Williamson at linebacker. Uh, Kim Allison doing some things. A big part of it was that. But a huge part of it was... Travis Shaw in particular, but the whole this defensive line being disruptive. There were a number of plays in that first quarter in particular where Travis Shaw blew up the guys in front of him so badly that guards were trying to pull and trap, and they couldn't get there because of the traffic wreck he had caused in the backfield because there was nowhere to go. They couldn't make that move because there were already bodies there. And that's that's something that he, I... I'm betting he, he'll be the best defensive lineman that East Forsyth has seen this year. And you have to account for that. One huge challenge for Grimsley during that game against Nightdale. They lost an outstanding offensive lineman, and tackle, Chris Lyle. Uh, broken leg. Um, he is a huge loss for them. Uh, they had some issues with uh, false starts and a couple of holds after he left the game. So that's something that they've got to watch out for. And for Grimsley, they want to control the ball and the clock a little bit and that's going to mean they're going to have to rely on that, lean on that offensive line and run the ball, but... Quan Nora can do that. He runs downhill all the time. I don't know how many times in that Nightdale game the, the Nightdale PA announcer said uh, uh, Quan Nora stopped for little or no gain. And then we looked at the chains, and he'd move the ball three or four yards because of the line surge and how he runs downhill. And the announcer corrected himself, said, Nope, it's, that was a three-yard gain, sec, you know, second and seven or second and six. And you put your, you don't get behind the chains. You keep moving the ball. And also, the if it hadn't already happened last Friday night it was the emergence of Lawson Albright, their junior tight end, uh, six catches for 65 yards, four of those six catches for touchdowns, and it, it's it was something where Nightdale had to. T- to take some things away, they had to give up something, and they chose to give up letting Lawson Albright get matched up on linebackers who couldn't handle him or defensive ends. Uh, East Forsythe's not going to be able to do that. He has to be accounted for now. That opens things up for the receivers. He's a good blocker. They they do a lot of things well on offense. They may not have that that game breaking receiver, that that speed game breaking running back, but they can do a lot of things well. You mentioned the defense. They're as good a run defense as there is around here right now, and he wants to run the ball. There there are a lot of int- interesting and intriguing things about this matchup. Special teams might come into play. Grimsley has not punted the ball well this year. That's been a, a bit of a weakness for them. A lot of times the, they, they've almost been grateful that the punts went out of bounds because they were short in line drives. They've got to get a little bit better in that area. That a couple of extra points blocked on uh, Friday night at Nightdale they can't afford that in East Forsyth if it's a close game you're going to need every point but uh, there are a lot of things to watch for in this game it's going to be a great game and go out and watch it
0: the next one we want to talk about, Mount Airy, is at number two, Reedsville. Uh, Joe, you and I were not expecting Reedsville to lose. They
1: did. And I don't think anyone except the East Surrey Cardinals were expecting Reedsville yeah. to lose. But that it, they were the ones who didn't expect it to happen, and they made it happen. Uh, and so they
0: have another tough test. Mount Airy, not as good as they have been uh, the past few years, but Reedsville
1: uh, going to challenge uh, another strong one A program. Yeah, and, you know, looking at that schedule before the season, you saw a two one. One A's back to back coming to community stadium and you thought, eh, you know, but they are two of the best One A's in the state. East Surrey proved that last week. Reidsville's defense is the question with them. They gave up a lot on the ground early in. A win over Eastern Guilford the previous week, a 59 16 win. It was 16, I mean, it was uh, a 14 9 game at one point against Eastern Guilford, and Eastern Guilford was doing it running the ball. They just didn't convert in the red zone. Then they lost their running back, uh, Hezekiah Newby, to uh, a high ankle sprain, and that slowed things down. One of the ways that East Surrey was able to hurt Reedsville was by running the ball and RPO stuff, run pass option. That was something that Eastern Guilford did with some success. I, I don't see Reedsville losing again in the regular season. The key for them now is to get that defense fixed, to get better. You're not going to know how good that defense is other than this Mount Area game once they get into conference play. The Mid State 2A is just not a good conference. But I think maybe it was a wake up call in a way for Reedsville. Last year, Southeast Guilford had an overtime loss to. Northwest Guilford early in the year And it woke them up, they made changes They fixed things, they made adjustments I could see that being the case for Reedsville
0: Next game, uh, Northern Guilford Is at Northeast Guilford This should be a solid matchup uh, Northern Guilford 4-1 and one, uh, Northeast and uh, The Fighting Earl Bateses 3-2 uh, and two. Uh Earl Bates' ball clubs just seem to give people fits no matter what the situation is.
1: Yeah, they're coming off of a loss at Eastern Alamance, but that's a very good Eastern Alamance team. Uh, Northern Guilford, this, uh, this is a rivalry game for them. It's not the Northwest Guilford rivalry, but it's another school whose attendance zone borders on theirs. Some of the kids who, who go to Northern who are second generation, their dads might have played for Northeast. You've got that in effect up there. It is uh, the second mid-state 3A conference game for both teams. If Northern Guilford gets by this one, it sets up a huge game for them on October 11th at home against Eastern Alamance. Those have to be considered the two leaders in that conference right now. Western Alamance is right there too, but had an early season loss. This is a game Northern Guilford needs to take care of business to set up what's going forward. Northeast needs this one to stay in play. If they go 0-2 in the conference, admittedly against two of the top three teams in the conference, it's going to be harder for them to keep confidence, and and they're not going to be able to finish any better than third or fourth in the conference, and then you're worried about playoff seating and all of that, but this is a big game. Northern Guilford has done things well. They've They've gotten more balance between the run and pass lately. Running backs, uh, Niles Mosley the senior, Raheem Murchison the junior, uh, Jordan McInnes the sophomore, they've kind of been rotating those guys. They've even got a freshman in the rotation a little bit. When they get those guys running a little bit to go with the passing of Will Leonard, Michael Froh catching the ball, Rashawn Pleasant, Chuck Conway, some of the guys they have on the outside. When that offense is balanced, it's a lot more dangerous when you make them one-dimensional. Make them throw like Grimsley did early in the year. Make them throw when you know they're going to throw. They're not as effective. I think they can handle this trip to Northeast, and then that would set up, as I said, a huge home game next weekend against Eastern Alamance. It's been a while since Northern won that Mid-State 3A conference. It's still all in play for them, all out there, if they take care of business. Southwest
0: Guilford is at Andrews, the... uh high-point intercity matchup that is not as high-profile. Uh... High profile, uh Southwest Guilford,
1: a, a bit up and down. Andrews, a total wild card. Yeah, Andrews 4-1, and one, but the one loss, 35-0 to a Smith team that hasn't beaten another team this year. You, you, you mentioned earlier, which Andrews team shows up. We don't know. They've got a really strong running game. They've got some athletes. Uh, the quarterback, uh, Genoa McKeever, can, can do damage with his legs. He's a state champion, 200-400 uh, guy at the 2A level. He had a punt return for a touchdown last week. He can throw the ball a little bit too, but they've been they've been very inconsistent. They've had a lot of penalty issues. They've got to keep that stuff clean. Because Southwest Guilford, the one thing you can say about them this year, even though they've been a little bit up and down, other than in a loss to East Forsyth, who has dominated some people, is that they've stayed in games. They haven't beaten themselves. They need to do that again against Andrews and look for Andrews to maybe make some mistakes that allows Southwest Guilford to, to pull away. And Southwest Guilford hasn't been great offensively. They're still kind of finding their identity there. The higher the score goes, in this one I like Andrews better, but I think Southwest will keep the score low and win with some disciplined play and just being a little, maybe a little tougher and having played tougher competition. The final game we want
0: to talk about, Charlotte. Latin makes the trip up to High Point Christian. That'll be the TV game this week here in the Piedmont Triad. Uh, two pretty decent ball club charlotte latin uh one of the
1: top 20 teams in the state yeah uh they are strong and uh high point christian had trouble a few weeks ago when they played a similar team charlotte country day the charlotte schools have a lot more students a lot more uh, athletes to draw from than a high point christian does this high point christian team is good but what they're going to have to deal with is uh luke hummel their quarterback broken ankle uh, last week, that is really going to hurt them in this game. Uh, They would have had a tough time even with him against this Charlotte Latin team. It's a home game, so they're going to be up for it. But the quarterback situation, they do have a youngster uh, transferring from Statesville. Gavin Kould, who's about 6'5", 215, 220, and has a big arm, can do some things. But you'd rather have the experienced quarterback in a game like this. You never know how, how a guy who's come off the bench and played but hasn't been the starter, how he handles it, You know, maybe, maybe he plays lights out because he doesn't know any better. That's, I think, what High Point Christian is going to need if they're going to pull the upset here. But an upset is a possibility. It certainly is. Well, Joe, uh, plenty of
0: action uh, here this week. Looking forward to it. And uh, I will be out at the Grimsley-East Forsyth game with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you there. Hanging out at Jamison Stadium. should be a great atmosphere for high school football. Uh, Make sure you stay... uh, with us here uh, for the podcast continuously all throughout the season and visit us at hsextra.com for continued coverage we'll have a few extra features this week uh, leading into the big game so for my partner Joe Serrera I'm Spencer Turkin we'll talk to you next week take care everybody